are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's what I'm talking about, Dolphins fans. Welcome to the Victory Monday episode of Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, September 13th. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USAT's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and rolling into Victory Monday, feeling some kind of way. Good morning to everybody, with the exception of the New England Patriots and Mac Jones and Bill Belichick and everybody over at CBS that picked the Patriots to win this game and everybody over at ESPN that couldn't stop talking about how great Mac Jones was, including Teddy Bruschi, who had the gall to go out on a limb and say that the Patriots were as good at the quarterback position as they've ever been since Tom Brady left a grand total of 18 months ago. You want to talk about struggle? 18 months, congratulations. Try 18 years. Try try 21 years. Good morning to everybody except for the J.C. Jacksons of the world and the Kyle Van Noys of the world with all their sour grapes. People forget the New England Patriots are 0-2, 1-3, 2-4, and 3-5 in their last two, four, six, and eight games against the Miami Dolphins. It's the third time in 20 years the Patriots have lost their season opener. The Dolphins, for just the second time since 08, won in Foxborough. And I don't care that it was ugly. I could give a shit, to be honest with you. It's week one, and the Dolphins have won one game in the month of September in the first two years of the Brian Flores era. They could have moonwalked up and down the field, or they could have three yards and a cloud of dusted the whole damn thing. If you walk out with a win, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. And that's exactly what the Dolphins did. 17-16 victory for the Miami Dolphins puts the team as the sole team in the AFC East after week one to own a victory, leaving them in sole possession of first place going into Week 2 and their home opener against the Buffalo Bills. There was some good with this Miami Dolphins victory. There was a lot of intangibles good. Execution-wise, it's a work in progress. Yes, there's no question. The Dolphins were outgained by nearly 140 yards. New England had nearly 37 minutes time of possession. They were 11 of 16 on third down. And they lost the football game. You hate to see it. You actually really don't hate to see it at all. Uh, And this came with Miami. They put the screws down. In the run defense, they ended up yielding just 125 yards rushing to New England uh, in what was a very closely contested game all the way through. Gave up 35 yards on the first carry of the game to Damian Harris. Now, I'm not a math guy, but 90 divided by 29, the rest of the game, 3.1 yards per carry for the Dolphins. Defense, without Raquan Davis, 
who went down with a scary-looking leg injury. He was back on the sideline with his helmet on. Didn't come back into the game. We're going to have to wait and see and monitor what that looks like. But this Dolphins team, man, damn. Like, they have a magnificent opening script. They go completely dormant. And then they get into the two-minute offense just before the half. They go down, they get points. And then they come out to start the second half, and they come out and they get seven. There's a lot that you need to fill in in between to feel as though you had a complete performance for the Miami Dolphins, and I get that. But this is a team that has not started the season well in the first two years under Brian Flores. And a win is a win is a win is a win. Resiliency, the name of the game. I'm old enough to sit here and remember when people said that the Dolphins, you know, relying on turnovers or coaching for turnovers was not a sustainable model. And that's not to say they're going to run the table and go into the 17 games this season, getting turnovers in every single game. But you saw Eric Rose strip the ball out. You saw Xavier Howard punch the ball out of Damian Harris's hands with three and a half minutes left with the Patriots in the red zone, down one point, in that gut feeling that you had down in your gut, feeling like this, here we go again, it's all over. Next thing you know, the Dolphins gained possession because of that strip from Xavier Howard. And a Dolphins offense that struggled to consistently get push up front, they needed to burn the clock, and what did they do? They burnt the damn clock, and they won the game because they milked those three timeouts ahead of the two-minute warning from the New England Patriots, and then they got into victory formation after the two-minute warning. And I've seen some of the, the questions and concerns, and we'll try to tackle some of them as far as, you know, was the Dolphins' defensive game plan too vanilla for week one? And why is Jacoby Brissett out there getting any snaps with the team? And why were things so streaky offensively? And Tua's interception and J.C. Jackson's uh, really, honestly, silly commentary after the fact. Like, say less, bro. You lost the game. Don't sit here and say, oh, well, if Tua's first read's not open, he just kind of throws it up there for you. Okay, Tua's beat your butt twice now. The Dolphins are, Brian Flores is 3-1 and one in his last four games coaching against the New England Patriots. Tua Tagovailoa started two of them. He's 2-0. and And I understand it's not a 40-20 to, to 20 beatdown. And I know that's what a lot of Dolphins fans want to see, and I think that's a great place to insert my first talking point after this game, which is that Brian Flores, just remember, Brian Flores coaches every single game in a vacuum. And it is to the game script that they anticipate the game is going to be able to be won by. And it's very clear their preparations for this game said to them, don't beat yourself. And you know what? New England beat themselves. Kudos to Miami because they stood firm on that. And New England did beat themselves. Because Miami was 4 of 11 on third down. New England was 11 of 16 on third down. They ran 18 more plays than the Dolphins. They had nearly 140 more yards than the Dolphins did. 
They had eight more first downs, 50% more first downs throughout the course of the game. 13-minute time of possession advantage. But they had eight penalties for 84 yards. They had two turnovers, two fumbles lost, including that Damian Harris fumble in the red zone. The Dolphins didn't make the back-breaking mistakes, and in a game that was this hotly contested, that's what decided the football game. And I'll say this, guys. I don't know what expectations existed that the Dolphins were going to come in here and boat race the Patriots. The Patriots are a damn good football team. I understand they had a rookie starter in his first game, and you were hoping to see them just completely overwhelm him mentally. The Patriots did a nice job not putting him in that situation. This Patriots defense is legit, and I understand it didn't have Stephon Gilmore and Byron Coward. But it is legit. They didn't go out and spend all this money for nothing. And, oh, by the way, you have one of the best defensive masterminds in the history of the game coaching him up on the other side of the ball in Bill Belichick. So for the Dolphins to go into Foxborough in week one, playing their first game in front of a full house of fans in the NFL since week 17 of 2019, when they went to Foxborough and beat the Patriots, the Dolphins did the same thing again. It's a road win in the division to open your season for a team that won one game in September in the last two years. This is a big, big win for the Dolphins. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm like super fired up. This is a massive win for the Dolphins. And what it sets the stage for for next week... We're about to have one hell of a Bills hate week on Locked On Dolphins. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run your pool host formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full-season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. And unlike other fantasy platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local businesses, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool. Helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season started on September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. I'll say this about the resiliency of this team, too. It was not just the bend, don't break. And I know that that was something that Dolphins fans had concerns with. Man, like defensively, like they're just giving yards, giving yards, giving yards. Remember, this is the model for this team. This is exactly how this team is engineered to play the game. Because, yeah, New England had 393 yards. And you know what? If it wasn't for, for, excuse my French, a bullshit roughing the passer call on Elandon Roberts, New England would not have scored a touchdown in the entire game. 393 yards, and if that would have got you 12 points, who the hell cares? Honestly, who cares? And I'm sorry, but the officiating in this game and the, the commentary of this game, it made my eyes and my ears bleed 
significantly. Between the roughing the passer call on Elan and Roberts, which he's playing through contact in which he steamrolls a running back in pass pro. I don't know where else you expect him to go other than just alligator roll off to the side and not touch Mac Jones. The illegal hands to the face on Zach Sealer, which they accredited to Raekwon Davis, who was not in the game, which is another layer to the officiating in this game in general, uh, in which he's very clearly on the breastplate the entire time and bails New England out of a tough down-and-distance situation. It was just overwhelming watching those breaks go against New England. And thank goodness New England played an undisciplined game from a personal fouls perspective. I believe they had three personal fouls for unnecessary roughness in this football game because it cost them significant field position because the Patriots had several drives extended, including that touchdown drive which Elaine and Roberts had a sack on third down that would have pushed them out of uh, in, onto the fringe of field goal range, would have made it a very difficult kick. Had no business being a penalty. So Miami, they roll out, they get punched in the mouth early in the run game, buckle down, say, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be a long day. The refs keep giving them advantageous calls, little ticky-tack penalties. Oh boy, here we go. This team continued the bend, but don't break mantra. And I think on the road, they deserve a lot of credit for that. Now, uh, one of the other questions was, why was the Dolphins, why'd they play so soft in coverage? And I don't have an exact answer without being able to go back and watch the actual tape of the game. But I know traditionally speaking, Week one contests, you don't have the full playbook. And I know the Dolphins brought a bunch of folks back. But you got Javon Holland out there for significant snaps. Jalen Phillips out there for significant snaps. Justin Coleman's new on the defense. You got a bunch of linebackers playing in elevated roles. Obviously, Elan and Roberts and Jerome Baker played a starring role. And how about... Eric Rowe, and Jerome Baker. I know Jerome Baker gave up uh, the big catch to James White on the wheel route. It was a perfectly placed ball. And that's a really tough assignment for any linebacker to take on in coverage. Those guys both played big games, though. And that's what they needed them to play to win this football game. So, you know, if this was... If you were giving up a bunch of yards and playing super soft coverage, and it was November, I think I'd be a little bit more concerned. Um, I did think the Patriots did a nice job keeping their third down down in distances uh, in the intermediate range. There weren't too many third and longs. I believe they were six for six on third and five or less. The pass rush for Miami... They heated Mac Jones up a couple times. Obviously, he had the brain fart at the beginning of the game that took New England out of field goal range to uh, attempt effectively a backwards pass to avoid a sack, not realizing that if it's a backwards pass, that's a fumble, so you can't do that. 
So I thought they rattled his cage fairly well. Mac Jones, he looked good. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and BS you. Mac Jones, he was 29-39 for 281 yards and one touchdown. Okay, statistically speaking, if Tua Tungvaloa doesn't throw the interception, which he said he was trying to throw the ball away. I don't know about that. Tua had more yards per attempt. Average, 7.5 to Mac Jones' 7.2. Mac Jones had 12 more attempts, so he has 79 more yards. Tua was sacked one extra time. Mac Jones was sacked once for 13 yards. Tua twice for 17. Miami heated Mac Jones up quite a bit. They had a significant number of quarterback hits. They had nine. New England had four. Mac did well, but I also didn't think Miami, you know, charged him with with trying to beat him them down the field. They gave up some space underneath because the style of play was bend, don't break, don't make a back-breaking mistake. I thought the Dolphins offensively had some nice moments. The explosive plays, Jalen Waddle for 36, Devontae Parker for 30. Those were the only two wide receivers in this game that caught a pass. Well, people wondering where Albert Wilson was. It was a beautiful ball by Tua just before half. But I ultimately do think that uh, this offensive game plan did rely on the tight ends to help him pass protection. And they didn't want to spend too much time in empty sets or spread sets. You saw it a little bit in the second half where they spread the field a little bit more. And Tua did a nice job getting the ball out of his hands quickly to avoid holding on to the ball for too long in those instances. Uh, and then, obviously, they had a couple of critical down and distances that, that required brief appearances from Jacoby Brissett. He had two two-yard rushes, big conversions. And I know some Dolphins fan. oh, they took two out of the game. I'll say this. If the Dolphins didn't do with Tua what they did last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the fourth quarter, and they made this decision to do this last year, or they, and they made this decision to do this today without the history from last year, would you have batted an eye at it? That's a genuine question. I don't think you would have. Because Jacoby Brissett was the de facto short yardage runner for the Colts last year, if my memory serves me correctly, for Phillip Rivers. There's no shame in, in bringing the bigger, stronger quarterback onto the field for short yardage. Now... If you decide you don't want to substitute personnel, you want to leave them out there just in case you get an advantageous look, but you have a freeze call, and Jesse Davis somehow manages to false start on a freeze call with zero seconds left on the play clock because you're milking the game clock, that's bad. And what happened there, because that was one of the big things I got a lot of questions about at halftime. What are they doing with Jacoby Brissett? Why do you stay out there for the first down play? Why did they turtle before half and just settle for the field goal? Well, remember, they had the false start, and they went back to first and 15, and then they had the 10-yard gainer to make it second and five, which would have been a first down and a fresh set of downs had they not had the false start on a play in which it was pretty apparent with the way Jacoby Brissett was handling the pre-snap. They weren't planning on running a play at all. So how you false start if you're Jesse Davis on a play in which the team's not running a play, I have no idea. 
but it felt like once that happened, you know, they did stay aggressive. They took the shot to, to Albert Wilson in that same possession after they got those yards back. It didn't work out, but it was a well-placed ball. It was a good play by Jalen Mills. I would have loved to have seen Albert Wilson go up and attack that football in the air. Oh, that brings me back to the other officiating gaffe. I can't believe I forgot this when we first talked about it. How do you blow this play dead? It's encroachment by the defense, and the Dolphins run two vertical routes, and you blow it dead? Why? The Dolphins themselves were incredulous as to why they blew it dead. I have no idea why they blew it dead. The standard par for the course is you let it run. Let the team get the free play and reward them for getting the other team to jump off sides. And these refs killed this play. It was DOA, and you whistled it dead with two vertical routes to the backside of the form. Oh, my God, man. It was brutal. Absolutely brutal. But I thought, too, on his selective shots down the field, and I think this offense will be more open in the weeks to come, and that's probably where we'll end our conversation today. Uh, But the selective shots that they did have, I thought he threw the ball well, other than the uh, the ball down the field to to Savan Ahmed, which Kevin Harlan made no bones about pointing out that it was five yards out of bounds, just like... When Tua makes a completion to Devontae Parker, Kevin Hyland oddly makes it a point to say that he's oft injured. He was heartbroken at the end of the game. I hope he's all right. They had the tu- New England had the touchdown that was called back with the holding, and there was legitimately 45 seconds of dead air on the broadcast because they just refused to acknowledge the fact that this touchdown didn't count. And then the ref called it. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's a penalty. And then they moved on. I had to put the second half on mute. I definitely unmuted it when they went to victory formation, though. I'm not going to lie. Because they were super quick to sign off at the end of the broadcast. I have no idea what it's about. And I'm not usually one of those guys who's super dialed into, like, the broadcast team. Because I feel like every every fan base, generally speaking, feels like... The broadcast has it out for their team because they call it objectively. You listen to Kevin Harlan react to a completion to Jonu Smith for nine yards that got a first down in which he stepped out of bounds at the 32-yard line, and he acted like it was the game-winning three-pointer in the NBA Finals. And then listen to the reaction that Devontae Parker gets on a 30-yard completion that was actually a spectacular play. And it was not even remotely close to the same kind of energy. And that's fine. It's the Dolphins against the world this year, guys. I hope we enjoy it. Put the black hat on, right? Be the bad guy a little bit. Enjoy the ride. And some guys, shout out to Pat McAfee. He gave the Dolphins credit as soon as that game wrapped that the Dolphins went into Foxborough and claimed the dub against the Patriots. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. 
It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Content can also vary in your variety pack of Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are A1, top of the first round, blue chip protein bars on the market. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. So whether you're looking for something that's keto-friendly, post-workout, grab-and-go, midnight snack, meal replacement, you name it, Built Bar can be it. So right now, visit BuiltBar.com, and you could save 15% on your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So let's... um. Let's end with just one thought regarding game script. Uh, the, the Dolphins played this one close to the vest. I don't think there's any question of that. I think this was kind of a feel for the game once you got into the game. Uh, I give the Dolphins a lot of credit for staying true to their DNA as far as team construction and ideology, and it, it paid off for them with resiliency and mental toughness. This is the kind of game, an ugly win on the road, in the division, in the conference, that you might look back in in December and be really glad you have. This was not an easy win. This was not going to be an easy win. But the resiliency of this team is definitely something we should not overlook because it was an ugly win. Do you expect that things get cleaned up? Yes, absolutely. They need to get cleaned up. But this is step one in a long journey to potentially playing postseason games. You've got a lot of time. This is a very fluid process. And I understand everybody wants to win games by 21 points. And they want it to look really sexy and you want to throw for 400 yards and play wide open all the time. And I get it. But Brian Flores and this coaching staff are going to coach this team based on the flow of the game. And the flow of this game was 12 rounds, knock them down, slobber knocker, slugfest, last man standing. And the last men standing were your Miami Dolphins. I am greatly looking forward to diving further into this game, but for now, I hope those are your takeaways. Hope that's what you can process from this game, and I hope you are waking up on this Victory Monday feeling very, very good about what transpired on Sunday because it is step one, and I'll tell you this, I watched the entirety of the Bill Steelers game. Buffalo was not firing on all cylinders against Pittsburgh. And maybe they'll use the Dolphins as their get-right opponent, and they'll be back to the team that they were in 2020. But they didn't look like that team on Sunday. Which means Miami, you better get your stuff right. Because there is a pristine opportunity for you to claim a win 
and announce yourself to the AFC East. Because if you start 2-0 and and you get wins over New England and Buffalo, oh, Nelly, that is quite the opportunity that the Dolphins are now faced with. And we'll cover that this week as well as far as how they get that done. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening to Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday.